0: Hey, Lights, Camera, Barstool listeners. You can find us every Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Shall I take your order, or do you need a minute?
1: Yes, I'll be ready. Just buying a car on Carvana. What? It's super convenient. I already got pre-qualified in two minutes. All I had to do was answer a few questions.
2: What? That's handy.
1: Yeah, now I'm customizing my down and monthly payments. What?
0: That's an exquisite deal.
1: And just like that, Carvana's delivering my car in a couple days. What? Oh, yeah. Uh, sorry. I'll
3: have the burrito. Visit Carvana.com to finance your next car. Financing subject to credit approval. Delivery fees may apply. the Lights, Camera Bar, so episode 269. Hey, that's the, that's
0: the number the internet likes. Jeff Lowe, it's Ken true. Jack, Tro Bonds. A music episode, kind of. Eh, whatever, music. Scott Eastwood, he was in that one music video with Taylor Swift, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, I Don't Want to Live it, Forever or Blank Space?
4: I think it was I Don't Want to Live Forever with Zane. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, that was the Fifty Shades Blank Space. I think I think it was Blank Space.
0: No, I think I'm wrong on that too.
4: Maybe not. I mean, she always she always casts
2: attractive guys. Yeah, she casts them herself.
0: Yeah, because wait, Blank Space was only her. It was wildest dreams. Ah, Uh,
2: I love the idea of her just like going through a lineup of sexy guys, just like in fucking uh, history of the world. Just like, yeah, yes, this one, please. I I look. I think Taylor has a lot of freedom in
4: input to to freedom or
2: control in that case both
4: i think i think (laughs) she does both i think you'd be surprised to what taylor handles she just has a binder full of men juicy hunky himbos (laughs) (laughs) she just she just she just flips through that she says i want i want this guy to be in the uh, cruel summer music
2: video did you see that himbo i found on tiktok with the giant bazongas no, I did. Well, oh, that's for another time. I'll I, uh,
0: another time. I didn't just say Scott Eastwood for no reason. By the way, we are interviewing Scott Eastwood. Um, we talked to already. He was at a restaurant, so that's why I mentioned Scott Eastwood. We're reviewing a Eurovision Song Contest uh, Fire Saga. you uh, the story of Fire Saga. It's the Will Ferrell, Rachel McAdams movie.
2: It's a bad title. You see it on your Netflix banner. You know what it, it is.
0: It, it, it's a it's a title that uh, it's like. It's no, it's the it's the Will Ferrell like latter yeah, half his career mm-hmm.
4: title. Yeah, they're trying to do like the legend of Ricky Bobby or the Anchorman Two. What was yeah. what was the tagline of that one? So that might have been the legend something from, of
2: Ron Burgundy and uh, a ballad of. dog's ball, a true underdog story.
4: No, so Anchorman Two was uh, the legend of Ron Burgundy, and there it was a ballad
2: of Ricky Bobby, right? Yeah, the Talladega Nights.
4: Yeah, well, I think Anchorman Two.
2: Is it the, legends? Is something think, like the Legend? I think it's a Legend of Ron Burgundy. No, The Legend of Ron Burgundy is Anchorman 1. Oh, really? The, the second
4: title. Anchorman oh, 2, like,
0: no, The Legend Continues. Ah, see? Close. So they're just like, whatever. Just release the movie.
4: Yeah, they really, I mean, they they waited too long on Anchorman 2, I think. Motherfucker loves colons.
0: Um, but, so uh, no, we will talk about this movie at some point, and then we're going to do a movie theme song draft. We've done movie theme rankings before, but, you know, we're in the draft mood. And people like when we splice in songs, so fuck it. We're going to do a draft. Anyway, Trill, what's going on? Have
4: mm-hmm. you checked out Floor is Lava?
0: Yeah. No, but I want to. It's it's fucking
2: – I like it. I,
0: I can't it Jeff
4: – like I was watching it. It seems like it's extremely up your alley.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was told that about Holy Moly this season, though, and I got through about 20 minutes and I had to stop. I'm like, I, I can't do it again. Like I just – I didn't – maybe there was timing. I just – I was like, oh, man, I really want to like this, but I'm I'm, I'm out. It's just, it's just too much. But I don't know if Flora's Law was different. Flora's Law was a new concept, so
2: I, like, I think you like it too. I agree, true.
0: Maybe that's what I'll do tonight. Maybe I'll take a break from the old HBO rewatch and I'll, I'll toss that on while I'm doing some stuff. <laughs> Flora's Law. I, I mean, it's prime space on Netflix right now.
3: Mm-hmm. It's got the it's, banner.
4: It's, it's yeah. It's I think it's pr- pretty popular. I was I was going through Netflix to find uh Eurovision. It was number one in their their trending list, but. Uh, it, it, you know, it's one of those shows that you watch and you wish you could run the course, but you know you'd do a shit job. At oh yeah, it. like well, I, you're like watching it. You know, like I mean, it looks so easy on camera, but I don't like I get I don't know how far away those things well, are, or how slippery they are, or whatever. And you got to think like, what what does that shit sound like when you're there before everything goes into production? Is it just like a quiet studio and you're the only ones talking? Can you imagine how? Can you mentioned how intimidating that would be? Like, there's no music pumped in. Like, at least in paintball, they'll pump some music. Or laser tag, they'll put that laser tag music in.
2: Oh, the smell of a good air-conditioned laser tag room. Nothing like it, folks. Nothing yeah. better, Tone. Do you ever, do you ever think about like, that same thought with, um, uh, what do you call it, like, wipeout? Well, whenever I'd watch Wipeout, and I'd be like, I think I could get past it. at least the the punching bag wall. I think I could get through that without too much of a problem. But See, the I big feel- balls no chance.
4: But I feel like wipe out, like American Ninja Warrior, and all those shows, nope. I would have no chance.
2: American I, Ninja Warrior, I know for a fact, I would be dead in the first obstacle.
4: Floor is lava. I think maybe I could do it, but but I don't know. I just want to try it for fun. Wouldn't it be so much fun to do it? Yeah, it would be. But you could also like do it and then not have like the the water on the floor.
2: It would even like, more- like a
4: carpeted obstacle course, where you can't touch the carpet.
2: Yeah, it wouldn't be as fun. No
4: I know, but then, but if you're just, like, if you're if you're doing it for a team outing, like an escape room, that's oh, I mean, obviously, okay. like, you don't want to get, you know, you don't want to splash yourself with, like, orange water. What if they actually heated that water up to, like, 102? It's <laughs> not, like, hot, but it's just kind of warm just to give you a sensation.
2: You're not going to get burned, but, like, you're going to be uncomfortable. Yeah, I kind of like that <laughs> idea.
0: <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um... Big, so there's a lot of shit, Ken Jack, you I do usually a roundup of what's coming to streaming. We have a lot of options for things to review in July. I just want to read some things off, see what catches some some eyes or ears, I guess. You got, I, I won't say platforms are relevant because these are all the major platforms. You got, uh, let's see here, Million Dollar Baby, Spaceballs, Karate Kid, Naked Gun, mm-hmm. Total Recall, like the real Total Recall. What else is on here? You yeah, have American Graffiti, Fantastic Four. Might have to be a, not the, no, be the, OG, the worst. The OG,
2: not the shitty Yeah, not one. the... Well, no, uh, not,
0: neither are very good. But <laughs> no,
2: neither are good. The, the less shitty one.
0: One is so much worse. Horrible Bosses. Oh, In Time. We may have to do In Time. Oh, we should do In Time. That's like the... I think we've talked about it before,
2: but it's the we've, all-time missed opportunity movie. We've
0: talked about In Time a lot for a movie that we really have no reason to talk about. <laughs> um, John Q...
2: Uh, I love what else, is, what
0: else is in here. HBO Max. What,
2: when I posted that graphic, people were shit talking John Q. Do people not like John Q?
0: Maybe not. I don't know. Dude, John fest. Gear, Gear fest. Gear fest be good. Catch if you can. Conjuring, uh, Dumb and Dumber, Kill Bill. Both of them. The original Tomb Raiders. That might not be bad. Uh, what else here? Longest Yard. Mars Attacks would be a lot of fun. Uh, Osmosis Jones, pass. Osmosis
2: Jones. Jones is a great movie. I don't care what anyone says.
0: Maybe we should actually we should do Watchmen. Yeah, the we OG should, Watchmen. We should probably do Watchmen. Um, Hulu.
4: The Last Airbender.
0: Like, like the, <laughs> oh, the really the M. shitty Night? M Night one. The M Night one. I said the other day, to you guys. I can't believe I saw that in fucking theaters. That's just, it is. Oh. Uh, oh, Spider-Man so... 3, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, finally. None of those fucking comedies are ever on streaming platforms. Role Models, Forgetting, I Love You, Man, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So if I see some of those on there. My Cousin Vinny, uh, Robin Hood's on there. Ali's Dude, on there.
2: Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Prince of Thieves. I, would, I feel like a Mel Brooks outing. How about you, Trill? There's
4: Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to talk about uh, the uh, Men in Tights.
0: Yeah, Men I, in Tights like on Lulu. Pineapple Express as well. That might be a fun one. that might be and Swordfish too. My favorite. Genre. Oh yeah. So we have a lot of options. Things are leaving. Things are leaving quicker these days. Like Back to the Future is already gone from Netflix. So we'll we'll comb through those. Let us know what you think you'd want out of what we just said. Let us know from that list. Let us know what you'd want us to watch. But a couple of those really, I are ones that I would have loved to have done. And now we kind of have a chance to do them. So here's that.
4: We should do, is is Fatal Instinct on any of the streaming services? It's a a parody of Fatal Attraction and Basic Instinct, but it was directed by Carl Reiner.
0: Um, We're going to talk about him at the end of news, but I'll just say it off the top. Rest in peace. Big rest.
2: I mean, legend,
0: dude. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime Video.
4: It's an awful awful movie. I I think we should probably do something more appropriate for a Carl Reiner tribute, but I saw he directed that one. I mean the yeah. jerk but he just wasn't he was like he directed it he's in it a little bit
0: I mean he's got one he's got one of the funniest things ever in that movie though the the yeah. the, the depth perception thing he eats his cans um yeah yeah rest in peace Carl Reiner that's that's I mean fucking legend mm-hmm. legend and he's like one of those guys that you just feel like every time you saw him he was just like the same age too he's looked he the same age for like 40 years it's mm-hmm. crazy
4: Yeah. yeah well I mean also like you know it's, it's weird like thinking back especially with like some of these you know carl reiner when, when was he born again uh 1922 and like I you know I, re- I remember my dad like being my dad was born in 42 because because i'm old but like my dad talking about you know how there's really like only one tv show that people watch per night i mean there are a couple networks but like you know one show was on and you know it was. Um, what was the what? What was the uh, like? Laughing was was a big like influential show, and um, it, it's it's crazy that like those were the guys like and and women too because because you also had um, oh, I forget her name. I mean, I, Carol I, 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 Burnett. I, yes, Carol Burnett. Sorry, I mean just just like people were tuning in for that. Like the whole direction of American comedy was set from you know folks like carl reiner and carol burnett and like they're massively influential shows that literally everybody watched mm-hmm. and i mean stuff that like i don't think it would be like rip-roariously hilarious today was rip hilarious then just because nobody had seen it before like imagine just seeing something for the first time um so it's it's crazy to think about you know like being born in 1922 and being on tv and you know when when Carl Reiner was, and how much he's seen, and how much he's witnessed, and you know, seen an entire genre, and in, 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 uh you know,
2: grow in advance. It's 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 unbelievable. How I mean, much just, he influenced too? His his influence is insane.
0: That yeah, one. just created the fucking. I mean, when, when when you're you, the only credit you need is creator of the Dick Van Dyke Show. Like that's the only credit you legitimately need, and then he had so much more on top of that. Well, yeah, there's that's that. I mean. Thing.
4: So like I I don't want to you know like I I think um I think Jerry Stiller obviously was a great talent but I you know like I I knew him from when I was born like I knew him as uh, Frank Costanza like that's what yeah. I know Jerry Stiller from. And, you know, we probably more recognize Carl Reiner from the Oceans movies. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, that's just the tip of the iceberg at the guy, these guys at the end of their careers. And they just the the amount of influence they had more so on Carl Reiner's side, because I think like, I don't know if you could argue it, but like just in terms of production and directing and writing uh, and being, you know, buddies with Mel Brooks, Mm -hmm. a a, a giant
2: in the the field. So, yeah. Even if you like, you look at his own son, man, and influence he had on him, and like the, what he was able to bring to cinema, Rob Reiner. That is, fucking, uh, you put up any of his movies, I could put them up like in like the top ten of their own decade, like Princess Bride from Rob Reiner, one of my favorite movies ever, and like that all I think comes kind of stems from his, I would assume, direction from his own dad.
4: Yeah, I mean, in- inherent sensibilities, and obviously, like somebody hilarious was raising you you would hope you, you would get their sense of humor Slightly i don't, know, funny. If always, I don't Unless, know if it always works out that way
2: but <laughs> it was just like it works with basketball that's right <laughs>
4: market marcus, marcus jordan no offense <laughs> to him it's called regression to the mean
0: i didn't see somebody tweet they're like whoa there was a picture of carl and rob right they're like whoa rob reiners Carl Reiner's son huh. what yes I mean that's like, I mean like you see that now and then you're like, yo, that wow, like that's their parents. I mean that one shouldn't be that shocking. Yeah, like I mean, that's not that much of a mind
4: fuck. That's well, like, I mean, but even even think about like, I mean, when you start to like map it out and the connections that all these folks had, like, in especially comedy in the '60s and '70s, like, Rob Reiner was married to Penny Marshall, who had like her own branch of extremely influential. It's a like coaching branches, right? Yeah. I mean, not saying, like, being married to somebody, but I you know, imagine, like, you, you get introduced through similar circles. You just think about this, like, comedy circle that, <laughs> that that, that uh, I don't know, it's, it's wild to think about. It's, it's kind of like, you know, those, like, old Hollywood fetishists. Like, they're always like, oh, yeah, like, the golden age of Hollywood. And they're, you know, they're, like, it, it's just this, like, nice perception to have people eating in the Brown Derby or whatever. Like, I kind of feel the same way just about being interested in, this whole like, you know, 60s, 70s comedy click or, or you know, folks in the industry at that time.
0: Mm-hmm. Big rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Big, big, big time. Obviously a ma- major, major legend. Um, well, it's, oh, no, no, no great transition into the Weed Whacker from Manscaped, but here we go anyway. This episode brought to you by the Weed Whacker from Manscaped. Um, big new product from them. Trim the old nose hair. You got you got hair sticking out of your nose, your ear. You're probably going back to work, you know. And even if you're not, you're on Zoom. I mean, wh- I mean, you're not you're not filming your video chats on a fucking potato. Like they can see your nose, they can see your ears. Clean it up. Uh, Manscaped Forever changing the grooming game with the Weed Whacker. Nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology. It's skin-safe on on the old nuts. It's it's fine in the nose and the ears. Let me put it that way. Uh, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered, 360-degree rotary dual-blade system, which uh, I don't know why I read that. That's, that sounds like a bad thing to have, right, but but it, it just means it's powerful. Clips it quick, yeah. gets it out of I the mean- way. Yeah,
4: I mean, you're not as long as you're not exposing your stuff directly to the motor, you're okay.
0: Yeah, it's just one of those things you read that and you're like, ah, oh, that sounds way more intense. Um, it's intelligently con- uh, contoured design, enhances the trimming experience. and It's waterproof, so you know, you can drop in the sink or something if you got to go into the door. Amazon delivering a package. I'm actually expecting a delivery during this show. Um, if you know, don't pull your nose hair out with your fingers. First of all, you can die. It's true, you can die heard the story happen before you know you know do not pull your nose hairs out don't do it i think we've said in the podcast before so just trim it manscaped uh percent of partners polled admitted that losing uh nose hair is apparently a major turnoff or long nose hair excuse me is a major turnoff i believe it uh time to record your manscape routine with the weed whack you're 20 percent off free shipping with the code lights l-i-g-h-t-s at manscaped.com that's uh that's 20 percent off for free shipping with the code LIGHTS at manscaped.com. Clean up. You're probably going back to work. Don't click a fucking bum. Uh, all right. Respect to new movie about Aretha Franklin. I think we've talked about this before the casting. Now we have a trailer starring Jennifer Hudson, Forrest Whitaker, Marlon Wayans Audrey McDonald, Mark Marin, who I'm assuming you thought was going to be the fifth name I was going to read off there, uh, Titus Burgess. Uh, Mary J. Blige in the movie, Tate Donovan, it's it's a biopic about Aretha Franklin, and unless I'm missing something, I'm imagining Jennifer Hudson does all the vocals here, because Jennifer Hudson can definitely sing to that capacity Mm -hmm. and that level. So if this was, I mean, like, I feel like there's really, there's like no complicated way to look at this. If this is well-made, it's going to be fucking great, because she's such a good singer, so we'll see. Is it a well-made movie? I don't know. What do we think, though, from the trailer? I mean, the, 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 the problem with, so like
4: I, I'm into it. The, the issue with biopics is it's really easy to get me going with a biopic because typically if you're making a biopic, like I'm, I'm a mass market guy. I'm not like a, a Sigur Ross guy, which was featured in the movie we just watched. Like, where we're like, I like indie bands and like, that's, that's what I like. I, I like dad rock. I like mainstream music. I like Motown, I like all that stuff. So typically, when they make a biopic, it's about an artist who has had a very wide impact on the world and uh, is is someone who's like almost universally beloved. And so you get hyped up just by hearing the music. So it's it's always hard to tell with these trailers because they're designed in a way to get you going. But I, I do think I do think there's room for more substance in this movie than there would be um, in the way they actually executed Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, not saying like there wasn't substance potential there, uh, but it's hard to say. Cause like each, each biopic is different. It, it you know, uh, would have like, I was shitting on rocket man until I actually saw it and it was right. the, the first trailer and it was way different than I thought it was going to be. And I'm glad they went that way. Um, right. And this looks a little more standard, like just in terms of, you know, the story, but I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because at the end of the day, it's, you know you're trying to tell someone's story it's 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 almost like you know you're also honoring the person in in movie form um and and i think that like that's that's a big part of it is is it it's a good story and you're also paying paying homage to to one of the greats
2: yeah i think the the phrase too big to fail almost comes to mind only because you know it's aretha franklin one of the great vocal talents of her own generation. Jennifer Hudson, one of the great vocal talents of her generation and like her getting the chance to play, her, I think is amazing. And like, I don't really think many, uh, for both sides too, because I think for Aretha Franklin's legacy to get someone that talented to play, uh, someone is just a, just such an incredible opportunity. So I, I think it's going to be good unless they really, truly fuck something up and that would have to be like monumental. But I think who directed this again, it was at least a little, uh,
0: it's director basically major major debut. directorial debut yeah
2: okay so that i don't think worries me a crazy amount only because we've seen this sort of thing happen before i just hope that they like are able to tell a good human story because you see like Fictional stories about like not uh, characters that maybe aren't as interesting as Aretha Franklin, like stuff like *Star Is Born*, able to tell these incredible stories and really capture an audience. I don't really think mm-hmm. I think that Aretha Franklin story is way more interesting than so us say fucking whatever. What was the guy's name? Jackson Maine in *Fucking Star Is Born*? Aretha Franklin, it, insanely more deep and amazing person than that. So
0: yeah, I mean, they can reflect that. You know, a lot of it comes down to again, and it's funny because we're going to talk about it with Eurovision, much different movie. But my problem with Eurovision, little uh, preview, it's the stuff that's outside of the music. Like, it's a given. The music in this movie is going to be good. The music in, in Bohemian was good, too. But, you know, for us, or for people who didn't love it, it just came down to, like, it, It you know, it, it just felt like the whole movie was in the back of mimic performances, which this very well may fall victim to. Like, Rocket Man separated itself because it made itself a little unique in that sense. And maybe they do that here as well. However, if the if the stuff in between the music is not good, it's just, it's a dud. And there's really, there's like no other way to put it. Um, the story has to be good. You know, the yeah. dialogue has to be good. The characters be interesting. You can't just ride the tales of, of, of great songs, especially when they're not original. Like, especially like, you know, maybe they're going to make them unique and twist them like rocket man. But like, if they're not, you know, and you go more along the lines of something like Ray, then the story has to be really fucking good. Um, so I, you know, I, it's one of those ones where you, it's it's fairly cut and dry if the music is good and the story is bad it's a whatever movie it's fine but you know that's what we've seen more often than not with these music biopics so I, I hope there's some real good meat there in in the
2: the, the the middle of the story watch uh john reed somehow show up in this one too just like he was in bohemian <laughs> and in rocket man and he's again so, a shitty producer in here well maybe he was well, her producer i have no idea
0: so well, this I mean, is queen
4: i i know yeah so like i mean i, th- I think like yeah, you know, just from what i know about aretha um I mean, her, her dad, her dad was a, a, a pastor or preacher or something. And I think he like was pretty well known. And then she started singing at the church and then eventually moved on with the music career and like he managed her. So, I, I mean, she started young. So there's a potential for like a life spanning biopic, which is, I, I think, I mean, I, I don't know, like, that's always the thing is like, how much are you going to show? So it'll be interesting to see what they
0: do there. Comes out, uh, oh, I just fucking closed it. Son of a bitch. When does it come out? When does the movie release? And where is it releasing? I gotta double check. December. In theaters, December. That's big December movie vibes.
4: It's a Christmas movie. It's a, it's yeah. a
0: go it's see it. with your family movie. Big Christmas movie vibes. Uh, next up, Tax Collector from David Ayer. Uh, David Ayer doing a new movie called The Tax Collector with Shia LaBeouf in a main role. Bobby Soto, George Lopez, Lana Perea also in the movie. Um, but Shia LaBeouf, probably think people are going to talk about most here, Shia slipping into, uh, you know, an, another movie that, that looks like it has him in a role that's kind of outside the box. Uh, he was awesome last year in both movies. He was in peanut butter Falcon, um, and honey boy were two of the more surprise movies and they were fucking great. Can he do it again? Can he do We're going to talk about David Ayer in an interview with, uh, Scott Eastwood a little bit too. Uh, who would have known this, this trailer would come out on the same day? But what do we think about the... T- which, by the way, David and Creeper work as tax collectors for a crime lord named Wizard. Collecting his cut from the profits of the local gangs. But when Wizard's older arrival returns to Los Angeles from Mexico, his entire business is upended and David finds himself desperate to protect what matters to him most, his family. What do we think about Tax Collector?
4: I think this looks like it whips ass. <laughs>
0: That's a good way to put it.
4: Did this not do this not have like your blood just pumping after watching this trailer
2: I mean it yeah, 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 thank yeah, you. Yeah. yeah, it's rip off sicario, I love that rip off sicario 2, to be very clear, sicario 2. I think uh Nick Euson pointed this out, but they have the exact same trailer almost bit for bit, like <laughs> the the dual Rorschach painting of guys with guns and like the dia dia de los de los muertos like skull thing right there. So that's oh, you mentioned um, Peanut Butter Falcon, by the way. I believe um, Zach uh, Gotsigan Gotsigan got inducted into the Academy from that, from Peanut Butter Falcon, his co lead, which is awesome.
4: So, I I I don't know why Shia LaBeouf works so well, like looking badass, because he should look like a twerp in this suit and these sunglasses, but like he he pulls it off well. Um, And I mean, obviously, the rest of the movie looks great. I just think it's funny that they're like, you know collecting taxes from all these gangs and then surprised when somebody turns on them. Mm-hmm. It's like, now it's time to get revenge. It's like get it's revenge okay. for what <laughs> you you're the bad guys. At least guy that's iris. the way it made it seem in the trailer. I don't know.
2: They're, they're prim- but the guy in the family. Actors.
4: It was boring. They looked it looked sweet though. I it, did. It, it, it definitely activated that stump some, something in my brain. That's like, yeah, this is, this is training day versus Sicario.
2: <laughs> Sicario <laughs> too. Yeah, Sicario 2. Sicario 1, National Trust, Sicario 2, not so much.
0: I continue to very much root for Shia LaBeouf. It is cool to see him have this turn because he was – I mean, he's considered a joke. He called himself a joke, basically. Like, I'm not famous. He went through all those, like, weird moments and red carpet things. uh, And now he's kind of found something here with his career and, like, a passion that has bought, like, to get two fucking killer movies in a row. So I'm going to trust him here. Well, the the, the shy is uh, is is alive and well. Songs are really I, cool in it. The, like like the trap Hispanic remixes—they were sick. I
2: want to note yeah. that. I love good music. I
4: feel like it'd be tough to transition, like as an actor, from being that twenty-two-year-old actor. Like even Shia, like it's, he's a kid actor, right? He was on um, mm-hmm. even Stevens, and you know, finding that transition from kid actor to adult actor—I mean, in, in all the different phases—because it isn't like he just. Disappeared as a kid actor and reappeared in the tax collectors, a thirty-year-old adult. He's been in movies ever since. But you're right; it was kind of like his late twenties period that was like, "What am I going to do? What what role am I going to be?"
0: I mean, he got thrust into this 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 insane fucking franchise of Transformers. Then he gets put into an Indiana Jones movie, which, which, by the way, like
4: I I, I think that would, I mean. I don't want to put words in Shia LaBeouf's mouth, but like after after reading about like what Megan Fox said about working on those movies, I could see how that would put a bad taste like for a young twenty something working in the industry, just like exposing you to what a fucking meat grinder it is. Mm-hmm.
0: Well also and like right, and but and then but then add on to that. Add on to Indiana Jones, right? I'm not saying he had a hell experience, but it was a remake that got a lot of shit. People hated his character. He's in a Wall Street sequel remember wall street money never sleeps oh yeah the money doesn't
4: sleep though that i mean that was the most important part about that movie if you remember there was a scene where michael douglas walked into the money's bedroom and the money was wide awake (laughs) with the lights Mm -hmm. on
2: it it was a little
4: on the nose
2: gordo the haircuts they don't get there. they cost too much now gordo what are you up to gordo what an absurd deleted scene
0: uh it's just you know, like that. he's clearly found that these more unique projects suit him better, and he, I like that he,
4: he has he has like an artistic twinge to him, right? Like,
0: well, do he, you, you remember what his turn was? Do you remember like the, the vibe kind of changed?
4: Was was it when he was doing that, like watching in the movie theater? Right, by himself? like I'm, am I
0: might I might be wrong like, on that. Watching,
4: watching all his movies or whatever.
0: Yeah, that's when people kind of like, oh, like, like I don't know, like there was there was a there's a different sentiment about Shia LaBeouf that happened right when like when that happened like people were like oh like i don't kind of humanized him more because he had gone through all those like kind of weird things and people were like oh transformers kid's got like a bag on his head on the red carpet and then he did that and ever since then it's been a little different the way people talk about child love. and then when you come out with these awesome movies especially one that is like autobiographical that was pretty personal um it's it's, it's neat to see rooting for shy passionate dude we love that yeah um <laughs> here we go Uh, People were surprised when we tweeted this out that this was real. This is real. Jason Momoa is going to voice Frosty the Snowman in a live-action version of the classic Christmas character. By the way, the Frosty the Snowman cartoon is a fucking weird movie. I don't know if anyone's watched that recently. Creepy as hell. Very strange. Not as weird as Blank Check. Just rewatch Blank Check. That's the horniest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life
2: it's it's also not as is creepy it, as the, nest the mac snowman gosh. to be clear as well the nesting snowman very scary looking
0: oh yeah that's true yeah the yeah, yeah. Blank, blank check is fucking Whew. that's a that's a bizarre ass movie um but yes Jace the title momoa... itself
2: sounds horny now that i think about it in retrospect yeah. hey i got a blank check here
3: i
0: i can't see fro. i can't see momoa voicing frosty i don't know what it is Frosty's, like this jolly over the top like kind of guy and, and Momoa's voice, like a that's cool.
4: Yeah, but unless they do like a what's like a twisted retelling, and not like twisted in the sense <laughs> he's of he's a picture. shredded snowman. But <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? Like kind of just a funnier like 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 Shrek, right? Shrek Shrek's it it's a it it's a twisted take on a lot of old fairy tales and fables.
0: The guy who was a screenwriter for Elf is
4: going to do this. Okay. So I could see it if, like, Frosty the Snowman was voiced like Jason Momoa, and he just, you know, he wasn't like the Frosty from the cartoons, but was kind of just this, like, snowman who's seen enough of this shit.
2: <laughs> he's just he's a very gruff snowman. He's made from the snow on a skiing resort, and he's like, so many people shredded on me, I decided to start getting shredded myself. He's kind of like Rocky Balboa in this sense. Many people have made this voice comparison. A lot
4: of people have said that. You know, you know, Sylvester Salon's supposed to have a high IQ. I wouldn't
2: doubt that at all. I he mean, made The Expendables.
4: You gotta he be is, he good. Is
0: top five best people that I met at GMA. Yeah, stuck around, talked to everybody, everybody, just like the nicest fucking guy. Great really GMA. good dude.
4: I feel like he's a guy who's never really like. I feel like he's tried to keep his profile low in terms of how smart he is. You know what well, I saying? It's like, so people always underestimate him,
0: right? Yeah, like, yeah, happy. I can see that. He also the thing about it too, like, like what's the most like? I mean, yeah, obviously he's been in many iconic things, but you I mean it's it's Rocky, like he's he's built this like he's an iconic, uh, like uh. he's a role model, like he's a movie character role model, and the character is an underdog, and I think he embraced that. I'm not saying it's the only reason he's nice; he's probably nice before Rocky. He created
4: he, it's his character mm-hmm. too, yeah.
0: Right. Like, but like it's yeah right, like so like I think he's like. And you get that with, like, Mark Hamill's kind of the same way. Like, he kind of acts like Luke. Like, that's how he treats, like, fans and stuff. And that's exactly, like, when, when I got, I mean, I was, I, I didn't meet him for very long. But when I got to meet him, like, you get that vibe. Like, that's just Rocky. That's just fuck. that's awesome. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, and you yeah, get yeah. that a lot with the older actors, too. Air, uh, I almost said Aaron Andrews. Uh, Julie Andrews is like that. I mean, Julie Andrews is fucking, like, royalty. Mm-hmm. But like treats everyone like she's everyone's. Speaking mom. of
2: Jason Momoa, yeah. So she played the hentai monster in Aquaman. Don't forget. That's
0: true. She did. She did. Uh,
2: uh, you uh, get that uh, with uh, a lot of the uh, older actors, you, and let, actors? Let's let troll do not. this impression, Jeff. He's been worrying, trying to do it ten times now. You been trying to could, do it? Could you put? The, G- could you meet
4: him in the break room at G- GMA? Could Could you put the cords in the the drink machine? My watch is too big.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was worth it. <laughs> Oh God!
4: <laughs> well, just use just use your other hand, Rock. Using oh, my coin hand, mm. <laughs> my coins <laughs> in my right pocket. I have to reach
2: across my body to get the coin. You no know, change, purse. Uh, uh
0: one note on this movie. I'm not going to get into this too much um, because I, I, I let's have more come out on this before we talk about it because it is it's fairly it's a fairly like large accusation, but Ray Fisher who plays Cyborg in Justice League the other day tweeted that he takes back any nice thing he said about Joss Whedon because he made a comment about him at Comic-Con. Like, yeah, he was great. He goes, I take all this back. It's like, all right, it seems like an it seems like a bizarre Snyder cut promotion thing. But then today he just fucking tweeted out Joss Whedon onset treatment of the cast and crew of Justice League was gross, abusive, unprofessional, and completely unacceptable. He was enabled in many ways by Jeff Johns and John Burke accountability is greater than entertainment and apparently those two guys are producers on frosty snowman so that's momo obviously League. so like there's more to come on that we'll talk about there's like a fucking fallout over justice league because i think the the whole justice league thing is a rather large onion and we've only really taken apart very few pieces of it um and it sure something like there's a lot more fucking layers on justice league that's a major thing so i would love to see a
2: documentary made on the making of justice league i I would love to see that (laughs)
4: Yeah, I like. I mean, that's rough. I mean, like with with Joss Whedon, there's I mean, there's a lot of documentations on mm-hmm. his past, so we won't go into that. But anytime, right? Anytime there's a situation like that, it's, it's shit. we.
0: He, Joss had no comment. Berg did comment. He said uh, categorically untrue that we enabled any unprofessional behavior, and then his one his other comment was, "I remember." Ray Fisher being upset that we wanted him to say booyah, which is a well-known saying of Cyborg in the animated series. That's a weird addendum.
2: <laughs> That's a weird, that. like, ad. yeah. Could I, know to, I, know how to,
0: I know how to hit him back.
2: Yeah, roasted him, dude. Good job.
0: So, more on that. Well, again, that feels like there's a lot more it's about to hit. Like, I would imagine that his castmates aren't going to stay silent on that. Um, And I, I and, and what's that fucking app that... that only Zack Snyder uses Vero. Oh, um, it's like fuck, Vero. I right? downloaded
2: it once when he was releasing something. Fuck, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's it like is.
0: if it's, he does anything, it's just on this app. It's fake right? Twitter, it's fake Twitter, and everyone <laughs> just
2: screen, everyone just screenshots it. Like, like guys who follow them, reporters, they just screenshot it and put it on Twitter. But he liked no him being there, he liked the Ray
0: Fisher thing. It's mm-hmm. like only the cast of Justice League uses this app. <laughs> Effective
4: though, everybody should get on the old uh, Jeremy Grinner app. Mm hmm. That's gone. Skip uh, that booted back up.
0: That was so much fun. I mean, that, that
4: was a seasonal thing. What if you made that like a July through October thing? We all comes to do It comes back
2: every like, year. Like the birds. We, make rib.
0: we people got. Who was Kendra? Who was
2: your fake one? Fuck. Uh, I think mine was Evil Renner or something. <laughs> I forget. You had, and you had uh, Dennis Franz. I
0: did. Yeah, Dennis Franz. And I would just comment on everything saying, hey, like. Loved you in this, and then hey, oh hey, this is Dennis Franz of, and
3: And then I would say like,
0: (laughs) and my PD blue, um, yeah, and then I had a friend who was Bon Jovi. Yeah, that was it was it was very fun for for like I spent like eighty bucks on stars
2: too. Oh, so did I. I was like, I "I just don't make it worth it. And they didn't, and then he fuck. I remember the day I spent the most amount of money, (laughs) fifty bucks on stars. He shut it down that day. It was very frustrating. Didn't get my money
0: back. That was wholesome fun. That was just that was a lot. That was a lot of fun.
4: I just remember there being a conversation thread between Casey Anthony, O.J. Simpson on that, <laughs>
2: and, and <laughs> Epstein and somebody else. I think Rose yes. was on that as well.
0: <laughs> oh
2: my god! Pure madness. <laughs> and then the, it was like
4: Renner's statement it was like a few people ruined it for everyone. It's like it was a few people. The majority was <laughs> the majority of people were fucking around on you before it was just like thir- thirteen
2: women named carol who are yeah <laughs> renner super fans like i was about to say like you you'd go through the comments and like the one starred comment would be like somebody like carol thompson like loved you in swat jeremy and the next comment was jeffrey epstein i'm not dead y'all it was just <laughs> dumb as shit it was such a dumb
0: app <sighs> oh my god yeah i i had one post like on dennis Franzs page and it was a signed autograph of it was a pic, autograph picture of him, and then you could see the Google search bar and said, "A nice candid shot of me on the set of my my show NYPD Blue," and it was "Signed <laughs> Dennis Franz NYPD Blue," and then you see I boosted it with a hundred stars. Yep, for <laughs> like a hundred dollars. Um, all right, moving on. Speaking of DC, Zach Levi. Which, by the way, we've talked about this movie in the show before. We talked with Joe Manganella, who is friends with Kurt Warner. Uh, and he said that he may not be able to play Kurt Warner. He said he might be a little too old. I don't. I think him and Zachary Levi are the same age. Um, but Zachary Levi is going to play Kurt Warner in a movie called American Underdog: The Kurt Warner Story. Um, a lot of lot going on with Kurt Warner's story. I'm not saying like controversial things, but like he he has an insanely crazy life and career from Northern Iowa you know, failing out, and then he's in the Arena League, he's bagging groceries, and he's winning a Super Bowl, then he's failure with the Giants, and he's almost winning another Super Bowl, then he's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, so we'll see. I don't know how good this movie will be. Zachary Levi looks like he could play the part, for sure. Former Chuck star, Zachary Levi. What do we think about the Kurt Warner biopic?
4: I, You know, it's fine. I, I... – I don't think that story's interesting enough to make a movie out of. I don't, I don't want that to be a hot take. I'm not, I'm not trying to slight oh, Kurt goodness. Warner. I, I just, I don't, th- I don't feel like that. I mean, I think like him being good was the aberration, but I think there are a lot of guys who, you know, are good football players and have to go play in other leagues and then have to work other jobs at the same time. It's just kind of like, him getting the opportunity maybe was an interesting story, but the problem is, is like that's a scene. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, you know, like I'm, I'm not trying to shit on him. I think it is a, a cool story. I think it's a, a maybe a thirty for thirty, but like I'd rather see it. This is another thing where it's like I'd rather just watch the actual documentary than than a dramatization of it.
0: Yeah, like I, I think feel that, a two-hour movie, good documentary, but he has got a good football life on NFL Network. Yeah. Yeah, I but think that that's just problem stand. Though,
2: I think the problem though is that like the story the what's so great about a story, it like it takes place over so many years. I don't know how you consolidate all of that into like a movie that becomes like is good, right? And I think it's really gonna be hard. You're gonna need a lot of money to get the certain amount of rights, and if you don't get the rights, I think it's just gonna look like shit and people aren't really gonna resonate with it as well. I mean it sucks too, because like you said, Jeff, I mean, Kirk Warner's story is insane and very, very cool. It's just I don't know how you consolidate all of this life into a watchable film that's
0: and like I, mean. I may be missing something but i i think the biggest thing is the lead-up to the first super bowl is crazy and maybe that's the movie maybe the movie is just the first super bowl maybe that is the northern yeah. iowa arena bagging groceries super it's like bowl. jobs right
4: it's, it's like the jobs movie where it's like three big games in kurt warner's life he's well recounting. let's
0: let's excuse me you mean steve jobs yeah, that's Steve
2: Jobs. Oh, sorry.
4: Yeah. My bad.
0: <laughs> You're Which thinking is... Uh, Jobs is the Ashton Kutcher. And you know let's be let's remember Jobs lowercase J.
4: Oh lowercase. The, <laughs>
0: yeah. That's the key. Stylize that movie properly. Jobs yeah. with the Z. I mean, if this was <laughs> written by Aaron Sorkin, that's a different story. <laughs> Jobs. That's the iPod nano version of the story. It's the, it's the,
2: Zune. the guy who founded Zune.
4: <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I look. I I'm obviously not trying to shit on Kurt Warner, but I I. I There's like weird thing where I'm like maybe I just know too much about the story, to to like be optimistic about how to execute it because it's it seems like it's already tough to make a a sports movie that isn't just like roll your eyes into the back of your head cringeworthy and and it's it's going to be hard for this movie to not go into that territory for me. Like, how do you make this without going? How, like, how do you make this nuanced enough where it doesn't feel like over the top? Like, you know, this is, Kurt Warner's never played football before. and He's at a high V. We got, we got to check this guy out. He's in the parking lot throwing footballs into a, a, a it's invincible now. A paper bag. Mm-hmm. Hey Dick, Dick Vermeil, you got to, you gotta check this guy out. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I don't know. I'm not crazy optimistic again because this is coming from Lionsgate. I don't think they're going to pump a lot of money into this. They're not going to get NFL rights for it, I don't think. And it's like it's they're going to do it like it's it's halftime at the Super Bowl, and he's like, "Oh, let me think back on all the things my life that do this." Rights
0: though, I don't know, man. You cannot make this movie if you have to do like. The St. Louis football. I mean, you can't make it. You absolutely cannot make this move. if You kick NFL logos. I
4: I don't know why they wouldn't get NFL rights because if if they were to do this, they'd want to do it big and they'd want to make this like an NFL Films co-production. Like almost, well, I don't know what the, what it was with Draft Day, but like that was obviously like NFL propaganda. And and this it seemed like NFL was,
3: propaganda. As we were told.
4: Yeah.
0: Well, this
2: is this is also uh what do you call it, coming from like their Christian film subdivision. So I don't know if the NFL is going to want to like wade into those waters right now. You know what I mean?
0: I I I'll tell you what. No disrespect to Zachary Levi. If this has no NFL rights, you fucking can it. Like you just you can't do you cannot make that movie. You just can't make that movie. Like if it's generic ass teams, like I know that's such a weird de- like right? That just feels like who the fuck would watch that?
4: Oh, look, I, I'm not going to give a shit about this movie until I find out who's playing Isaac Bruce. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: That's the real – yeah, or Marshall Jeff. Marshall that matter. Who's playing Jeff Fisher? Until I know who's playing Ricky Pro, I will not watch this movie.
4: Tim Cook's playing Dick Vermeule.
0: <laughs> who's playing Jeff Fisher?
2: <laughs> That's why I just – yeah, I
0: need to Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. I was, I was already thinking of other Titans players. Oh, Frank Wycheck? Yeah, let's just keep naming players. Frank Wycheck, Kevin Dyson. Wow yeah Tyson. yeah that's the guy who made the what if it just turns into the music city miracle movie they're like and that's it and then Kurt mm-hmm. Warner won a super bowl whatever just halftime him thinking back on his life and what if they get the games. nfl rights but they can't get the rights to the arena league they can't get the iowa barnstormers they gotta do like some generic or nfl europe teams?
4: it should it, actually the movie should start with like them getting their ass kicked by uh they didn't get their ass kicked but getting beat by the patriots and, and, like, this young upstart quarterback and then have him start re- recollecting on how, like, his really? career was launched because of Trent Green's injury.
2: Oh, it's great. Trent
4: Green's injury.
2: here. I'm Kurt Warner.
4: <laughs> the young upstart quarterback would be Tom Brady for those
3: <laughs>
4: not following along.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I, I, like, I'm, I... I'm
4: not Jamie Foxx here. I can't give you a good pitch.
0: <laughs> I... And not because I hate the Steelers, because I'm a Browns fan, but I, I still do wish Kurt Warner won that last Super Bowl. That would yeah. be fucking amazing. But, may, you know, what? maybe that bittersweet end is is what ties the movie together. Because it is still, I mean, it's like, again, they three of the top five plays in, like, NFL history in that game, according to, ESP, uh, according to the NFL. It's the greatest game ever played, if that's how we're going to measure it up. so
2: It wasn't insane. The Heinz Ward catch and the James Harrison return are two of the craziest plays I've ever watched live. The, like those are the most insane things I've ever seen.
0: Actually, it was Santonio Holmes. not San Hinesworth,
2: sorry. Santonio Holmes. Yeah. Oh,
0: and the Fitzgerald. I mean, the Fitzgerald touchdown was like... Yeah.
2: Yeah. The
4: fucking the whole game was... i was
0: a It was unbelievable. And Bruce Springsteen uh, slid into the camera with his crotch at halftime. Come on up no, for the rising. What if they get... Come on up. No. They, the, they do the Super Bowl they lost to the Patriots, and they get Bonner to come out and do the fucking halftime show. Oh, yeah,
4: yeah, yeah, but that one was emotional because that was the post-9-11 mm-hmm. one. The big banner behind him, big yeah. banner. That was neat. Very,
0: I mean, that's still one of the best. Um, But, uh, yeah,
4: look, if it's the Christian line making this, uh, I don't want to, you know, it's hard to make a comment on that without, like, saying...
2: You can be
0: mad at us if you want. I I know, you can
2: say, I mean it's gonna be the overwhelming theme of the movie is going to be like his faith and like how and like he has creative control so like oh, he, it's gonna be about his faith
0: those so. movies have made a shitload of money by the way those like, yeah, like uh, I, I can uh, only imagine and yeah. the Metz one Mets water yeah. one that yeah. goes back <laughs> to my point
2: that they those all had a like five yeah. million dollar budget so like having that and making a, a tangibly great movie about f- the NFL I don't see those two things um, but yeah, I, don't those see Zach Le- I don't see Zach Levi in that if that's yeah. if that's like that that's the budget They're, then they can like,
0: you cannot make it if you don't get the NFL. Like, imagine, like, they made mir- – not that you could get the rights to the USA, but actually they made Miracle when it was, like, the <laughs> boys upset the riot. Like, it's like not even
4: – to get the USSR rights. We got it real cheap. <laughs> Nobody's using them anymore.
0: Uh, um, all right. Moving on. The last two pieces of the news. Uh, Beavis and Butthead revival. Hell yeah. Getting a two-season order Comedy Central. Excited. Uh, are you guys – I'm not a Beavis and Butthead guy. I love anything Mike Judge, man. Anything I do like Mike that. Judge. Not that I didn't like it, just not something I grew up with. Be- Beavis and
4: Butthead, yeah, it, it's a, uh, it's one of the shows that I, I don't think's aged well, but I, I think there are moments of the show that are still very funny and have aged well. And the other thing about it is when you go back and rewatch them without the music videos. Like some of the funnier comments were in the music videos, but it also fucks mm-hmm. up the flow of the show because they're like ten minute shorts, basically. Um, but it, I, the revival they did like ten years ago, I thought was pretty solid.
2: Agreed. I, I think the it kind of gets overshadowed because King of the Hill, I think, has held the test of time very well, and Beavis and Buddy has not because I think it was more topical and. I mean, that's just, that's a shame because I do think Beavis and Butthead was very funny for the time it was made. And I do think that they have the opportunity, especially since Mike Judge is coming back to oversee it, uh, the two seasons and the spinoff, I think it has like a potential to be good.
4: Well, yeah, I, I think, I mean, the, the whole thing about like Beavis and Butthead was that they were you, essentially kids, teenagers left at home with no parents, your parents were off somewhere like working because they're, they're like the Gen X slackers, like a disaffected, dumb generation. And so I think I think that's still really relevant because I think we're dealing with uh, multiple disaffected generations right now. Uh, I wouldn't say dumb necessarily, but um, I, I think Mike Judge could find a clever way to like tie it in to make it relevant to like a new a new generation. Maybe you know the Beavis is wearing a Supreme shirt.
2: <laughs> what are they watching though? Because there's aren't no. Are they supposed to be aged up in this one though? Like, isn't that?
0: i have no no no. it's supposed I just, to i believe it's supposed to let's uh, see deadline reports comedy central is linked to deal, blah, blah, blah. the revival has received the two order uh, uh blah, blah, blah. under the deal judge will write and produce a revival okay so i have i've continued to not find the details <laughs> the reimagining is part of a planned programming shift Comedy. oh i didn't know that comedy central I, I i i think you're right but now i cannot find where i read that
2: i just saw that it was geared to millennials that's that's what i saw
4: I mean, I, I think, like, I would find it funny if they aged Beavis and Butthead up and they weren't, like, dumbasses, but yet they're still kind of dumbasses. Mm-hmm. But they just had, had shitty, just, cubicle jobs. <laughs> I mean, I know uh, my judge has been there before, so who knows. But, um, I mean, they could still just do Beavis and Butthead as they were in, like, a more modern setting, and I think it would still be, like, pretty relevant.
2: hmm He's so good at that sort of be- stuff. Be- just. Because a lot, of, yeah,
4: like a lot of the, a lot of the good moments was like the the juxtaposition with, um, like the Mr. Anderson character served as the basis for Hank Hill, mm-hmm. and then you had Daria on the show who was like that, um, that that Janine Garofalo type Gen X like uh, sarcasm. He I mean, got her own spinoff and whatever. So I mean, I think you could like have them interact with like plants from like you know Zoomers and shit because be pretty funny.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Agreed.
0: And uh, then curve Enthusiasm coming back for season 11. Good. Which I think is good because this last season was really good. I didn't. the previous one was just, eh, to me. It was whatever. I had some funny moments. This new season I thought was very funny. The first episode was like Larry David barfed up every funny idea he had and it was a little too much. But after that, it, it settled down and I thought it was a really good season. Thought it was thought it was really funny. Do you
4: think it'll be quarantine focused?
2: I, I would assume it's about like life in quarantine, right? You yeah, maybe. I think like it involves that stuff.
0: Maybe yeah I could see that he me he loves to tie in stuff like that. I, I again the last season was good and I was worried I said if this last season was not good I would have said uh-oh. LD's fastball but it was I thought it was very funny so. Uh, and John Hamm was very good in the season too. <laughs> he's a good comedy actor man. He is. That he is. Um, we talked to Scott Eastwood he's in a new movie called The Outpost. It's a war drama uh, releasing July 2nd. So today, as this podcast is out, and if you're listening to it after July 2nd, then it's out already. Orlando Bloom is in it, Caleb Landry-Jones, uh, Milo Gibson is in this movie, Will Attenborough. Uh, so yeah, we talked to, uh, talk to Scott Eastwood about that and much more. Talk about the uh, Air Suicide Squad cut as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's our interview with Scott Eastwood. We are very pleased to be joined by Scott Eastwood. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great. Just amazing. I can tell the, the the vibe is good. You're 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 feeling pretty good. How I, I mean, yeah, like that. caffeine
1: is, is hitting
0: it just as perfect
1: <laughs> right now. So I'm
0: feeling good. Was, was a couple couple morning coffees for you today, just to get, yeah. get through the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a you got a movie coming out. I, I can't believe I'm going to say July third is soon, but July third is already very soon. The Outpost, based on the book. The outpost and untold story of American valor. I'll, I'll read the quick synopsis. film tells the story of the 53 U.S. soldiers who battled the force of some 400 enemy insurgents in northeastern Afghanistan during Operation Enduring Freedom Combat Outpost Keating faced a constant threat of being attacked by the Taliban, putting the U.S. soldiers stationed there at significant risk on demand July 3rd, quickly off the top. Tell people who they want, you know, theater's not open yet, can't go see anything, want to watch something new. This is something different, very intense movie. What can you tell people about it, listening to this movie podcast? Why should people watch The Outpost?
1: Well, I'm going to start with theaters are open. There are theaters that are going to be open, and there are going to be theaters that this will. This is going to be in theaters. Plan. This is going to be in theaters theaters, and on demand. So you you can, if you want to go to theaters, you can do that. And if you want to stay home, you can do that as well. But, you know, you, to your second question about what this is about, this is, uh, you know, you, you gave a, a synopsis. It is a, it's an incredible true story about just uh, everyday people put in incredible, you know, circumstances that that they really should have never been put in. But, you know, and through that, just the the, the sheer heroism that, that came out of that day, October 9th. 2000, or October 3rd, 2009. It's an incredible
0: true story. Playing a, a, a real life Medal of Honor, playing, first of all, playing anyone, medals or not, who was in a war, fought for the country, that has to stay, like, and I feel like, especially something so recent that is on the mind and very relevant and something that people know, not that that's any different, that's not disrespectful to anyone that, and you've been in true stories before for war movies that are older but something that is so recent I feel like that has to be a little bit of a daunting task especially comparing to other movies that you do which you know they're not true characters they're characters of your own this is this is a real person
1: yeah every time you you, you tell one of these stories every time you you take on that responsibility it's it doesn't go you know you don't take on that lightly it's uh, it's something that you want to honor and and really make sure you do it right because you, you are telling uh, the story of people who paid the ultimate sacrifice and you know, they're they're, in this case, like you say, you know, their families are still uh, here. They're with us. They're, they're, they're dealing with that pain and that loss. And uh, it really, it's, it's reflective of of everybody who has served and paid that ultimate sacrifice. So, you know, going into it, you need, you don't step lightly into it. And, and, and that makes it, um, for a challenging experience, but it also makes it for a very rewarding experience at the end. I
2: was going to say, I read that you showed up on day one and you had a broken ankle. Is that right? True story. <laughs> How-
1: Two screws, A surgery later, five and a half weeks showed up and I could barely walk on it. So that was a, a hell of a way to start an action movie to start a, you know,
2: and this is a very kinetic movie like the shots that are in this movie like a lot of it's running around and stuff it's extremely kinetic is that like was that debilitating at all for you trying to shoot this film
1: it it was it was um it it, it was challenging to say the least when you're in a you know five minute one -er and you know then you have special effects going on you have a lot of people there they're not they're not uncomplicated shots um there is more pressure. There's more pressure to hit your marks. Uh, you know, I always tell people it's two things going on at the same time. You have a technical brain and a creative brain and <laughs> finding the balance of those is, is, uh, what it's all about, right? You, you, you want to be creative as possible and be truthful to the moment, but you, at the same time, you, you have to make it, um, possible for the camera to, to see it and, and to do what you've rehearsed.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, and by the way, besides the CGI, I love the practical effects. A lot of war movies now seem they don't use, I would say, blank firing guns. They use um, prop guns that use CGI, muzzle flash and stuff like that. You guys, from correct me if I'm wrong, were using, you know, real blank firing guns. So you had the light, um, uh, kind of like the light recoil, you have the bullet ejection, you have all that stuff. And that feel, I think, is so much more authentic than kind of like the crappy other war movies that come out every now and then. They're like a dime a dozen. That really, I think, stood out for me. Um, so another question we had... Caleb Landry Jones is a guy we've been following with great interest. Do you think he's going to be like the premier, I would say touched actor go in the future? Cause he plays, that's my way of saying crazy essentially, but he plays crazy. So well, <laughs> see,
1: see the next Joker. I don't know. Um, he's an incredible actor. He really is. And he's like, you said, I mean, he is a, uh, he's very, uh, exciting to watch. He's like a live wire. You know, he's, uh, it's got a lot of emotion going on behind those eyes. And that's something that is, uh, you know, when, when you watch is, it really lights up a scene.
2: Yeah. It really came through, especially when like he's screaming and stuff and it's, like, he's got drool coming out. He's like just running all over the place. This movie again, super kinetic. It was an awesome watch. Um, we have to talk about other stuff too, because our audience will scream at us if we don't. Uh, the first thing on that agenda <laughs> is suicide squad. Okay. And first question, did Jared Leto send you a box of used condoms or anything?
1: No. Um, that's uh, no. Was I supposed to receive used condoms?
2: He's apparently sent a lot of the castmates a lot of weird stuff. And we, anytime we have a sister,
1: I, I, I know the story. And I know from Margo, she told me that Mother said that she, she she had received a dead rat, I think, from him. <laughs> I think it was a dead rat. Um, <laughs> you know, the guy went deep. <laughs> what was he actually Maybe like? A little
2: too deep. What was he actually like behind the scenes? Because all we ever hear is like the hearsay ship. So, like firsthand with you, what was your experience? No, like?
1: Jared was a was always a was always a really nice gentleman to me. I mean, uh, you know, the scenes that we saw him and were 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 brief, um, and so when he was the Joker, in quotes, uh, he was um, he had lost his mind. But, uh, you know, that, that I think that sort of is par for the course, I guess, in that role. But, you know, every time I spoke to him when, 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 he, were, uh, when he wasn't there, he, he was always a gentleman.
0: Talking Suicide Squad, David Ayers recently said something very interesting about that movie, obviously. Um, how there's a different cut of that movie that he thinks oh, yeah. is much better than no one has seen. It, Have you seen that cut of the movie? I, I have, and I wish I had, I, I
1: know David and I, I really respect and like David a lot. I've done two films with him, mm-hmm. Fury and, uh, Suicide Squad. And, and, and really, to be honest, you know, the reason I did Suicide Squad is because David Ayer called me and asked me to, to go on this journey with him. Um, he really didn't even, couldn't even tell me what the role was. He just said, look, come on the journey with me, trust me. And, you know, I take that bet, uh, you know, ten times out of ten, uh, going on a journey with him. And I, I do I do think there is a version that that uh you know a version of this story that he wanted to that he wanted to tell and the powers that be probably influenced or, or wanted to go in a different direction. And that's a that's a bummer, you know, sometimes because you know, why why even choose a filmmaker that's like that is as strong as David Ayer, right? He's a He is. He has got his point of view, and you're going to know it going to war with him. And I think that that's a you know you want to just bet on those filmmakers and let them do their thing. Um, But you know sometimes the hours at be got a medal. I
0: don't know. Well, well, that that's interesting because like the creative process, obviously, like. Is there a point in that process, maybe with Suicide Squad, maybe you've seen it with other ones, and I'm not – I don't want to tee you up to, you know, hit, to take down studios here, but, like, is there a no. point where you see a movie, and, like, Suicide Squad is obviously a very good example of that, where you're like, well, wait a second, I feel like that wasn't really what I shot. Like, is there kind of like, a, like a, a big sigh of, like, disappointment when that happens? Look, I
1: think every time you go into making a film, it is a, it is a collaboration, right? There's a different movie made um, on the script – you know, before it's even shot, there's a different movie that was shot, and there's a different movie that was edited, and you know, in, in every part of those processes, the um, movies can change, and, and that's that's what happens sometimes. But um, and I think the bigger the movie gets, the more voices there are in the room, um, the more money's in the line, the more pressure for it to to do, you know, to to be received well and to do well and to ultimately, you know, return profits to the shareholders and the people that are investing in that project. So I understand it from all aspects, you know, the smaller the movie, I think the more latitude people get sometimes to, to make the movie they want to
3: make.
0: Well, that's uh we're hoping to see you again in suicide squad on HBO max. Then alongside the justice league Snyder cut. We'll hope that, <laughs> we'll hope we get a chance to see a different version of that. Movie. It's, if there's a better version of it out there, I, I think everyone would want to see. I, I totally believe it. I, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Complete sense.
2: Yeah, uh, so this is obviously a huge franchise, Suicide Squad. It's big in the DC film universe. Is there any, and you've been in this and the Fast and Furious universe, is there any other big franchise you would ever want to join, like the MCU, Star Wars, Mission Impossible, just, uh, you know, Jurassic World? There's millions out there. Is there any other big one you'd want to join? Uh, there's a
1: lot. Uh, I you know, I grew up on Indiana Jones.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you'd be a great Indiana Jones. Oh, my God. <laughs> Would I you know. want to be indie, or do you want to be like one of indie's friends?
1: Please. Let's let's start that. Let's like let's make that a movement. You know, let's make that a thing. Yeah. Uh, I, look, I love I love Harrison Ford. I love those movies. They are charming. They are adventurous. They are, uh, you know, they're movies. they movies from the eras of movies that made me want to make movies. Um, I love. Uh, I, I I do love. You know, as far as comic book heroes go, I, I love the anti-hero. I'm a big, a big, you know, uh, Wolverine guy. I'm a big, you know, I think characters that are dark, characters that aren't perfect. You know, the, those are the characters I like. We're all we're all fucked up. We're all flawed.
0: You know. Well, we we can if you want us to clickbait Indiana Jones, we'll do it for you. We don't mind that. We don't. You just no have to promise if you get a role, you come back and you talk to us about it. That's the only. Hey,
1: I'll, I'll talk to you guys anytime.
0: um you did mention though war movies i just want to get back to war movies quick because you mentioned david or you mentioned fury um flags Our father you've been in war movies and you have so you have fate of the furious and and suicide squad on this side you you have movies like that but then you have war movies too and i know fury underwent a fairly long training process for that movie right um beforehand
1: yeah we did um we you know we did some training um and that's that's typical, that's not typical of when you do war movies, right? That's, that is, I think, uh, you know, you you, you got to go through some sort of basic training, right? I mean, especially when you're doing a, a period piece, you know, World War II, you gotta, you got to digest everything, everything from the way, uh, you know, basic training back then was much different than it was, than it is now and the weapon systems were different uh you know you, you just go through that t- you know, type of stuff that's
0: all part of it you know but it's like it's funny because i feel like like what's the mindset prepping for like you know a fate of the fears you're gonna have to step on set with an oiled up the rock yeah, you, been, do you, a you still baby i mean baby
1: oil, <laughs> right? <of> baby oil.
0: <laughs> any any tia what is it tiamana
2: tequila on set for that movie <laughs>
0: The training still has to be intense. Yeah, yeah, I
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean it's not no, it's I think it's it's not as intense. No. It, it, if you're doing Fate of the Furious, you're doing a, a fun movie like that, it's 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 fun. You know, luckily I have uh some experience with with firearms and, and tactical training, so that's something that comes I think uh easier to me. Um but you know, you yeah, you go into those films and I think you get a little bit more latitude. Right. You know, and, and, and you're there, you, you're still working on stuff. You still have military experts. You still have, um, you know, you still have people that are making, you know, you, know, you look good and, and, and do the right thing, but you get more latitude. Those are fun. Those are fun
2: films. You know what you got to do? You got to release one of those videos like Keanu released. Did you ever see the video of him doing tactical training, like running through doing a gun course? You got to do one of those and record it and release it, and it'll go super okay. viral like everyone else does.
0: But then at the end, get the whip. Get the whip out like Indy. Yes. And that's kind of like the hammer moment. They're like, oh, my God or a guy comes it.
1: out with like a, with, a, with a sword. Oh, oh i get the uh i was like thinking like like an s and m lip <laughs> no, no. i mean you can <laughs> but no yeah the sports, indiana jones, sports, wrist, yeah. indiana jones-
2: <laughs> comes out in a leather daddy suit yep that's scott eastwood <laughs> under the mask we promise okay. uh
1: la- <laughs> careful what you
2: wish for <laughs> last thing uh we want to talk a little pacific rim uprising a movie we talked about it a lot were you aware at all in that movie that in the script it called for charlie day to have sex with an alien's brain
1: I did say that. Did I? You mean in the in the original script?
2: In the do we had? Were you aware in the script when you read it? When you received it, presumably, did you see Charlie Day has sex with alien scene? Alien brain scene.
1: I don't remember. Um, still would have done the movie reading that. <laughs> I would have liked. scale, yeah, I, I want to see Charlie Day have sex with alien brain.
0: That was, we, we saw it, I'm, Ken like, I think he's going to have sex with the alien. are like, oh, yeah. The,
1: <laughs> the R&B, it, like, virtual sex, right? It was, like, plugged in, like, a little virtual porn going
2: on. The R&B music started, and I was like, is he about to fucking <laughs> What is happening here? It is unreal.
0: Um, Actually, wait, we'll, we'll do one more. Cash Truck is coming out next year. The Guy Ritchie movie, is there anything you can, you can a little insight? He That's just had right. The Gentleman this year, which is fucking awesome. Yep. Yeah, I. I, I love
1: The Gentleman, how good is was The Gentleman. Oh, it's awesome.
0: It's so good. So
2: cool.
1: You know, Guy Rage, he can't, I mean, that guy can't miss. He is, I tell people the way, there's no filmmaker like that on the planet. He's got the biggest balls, and he's also so smart and measured the way he, he makes films. I just love his filmmaking style. I love everything about it. Uh, and I'm super excited for this one. I can't give away too much, but it's going to be good.
0: All right. Um, Outpost, this is weird. We haven't said this yet. And I actually didn't notice you sitting beginning of the interview. Not just on demand July 3rd, but where theaters are open, this thing will hit theaters as well. Scott, right. thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. Hey. Either buy Rent Outpost or go see it in theaters. Thank you so much, man. Thank you for having me, guys. Of course. Take of course. care, man. Thanks, man. All right, big thanks to Scott Eastwood again. He did it from a restaurant, and he had better Wi-Fi than most people we've talked to so far in quarantine. I don't know. How, it's amazing. I don't know how you figure that out. Um, all right, let's talk about this movie. Eurovision Song Contest, a story of Fire Saga. Two small-town singers chase their pop star dreams at a global music competition where scheming rivals, high-stakes, and on-stage mishaps test their bond. Uh, it is based off of Eurovision Song Contest. We've talked about in on this podcast before. Very much worth a YouTube rabbit hole. I I love Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, the, the viral YouTube videos every year are very funny. Um, not, not even funny. They're just fucking cool. Some are funny. Some are cool. Some are just good music. and They spawned a lot of great things over the years as well. Um, and once you fall down and you start kept picking up on some catchy things, you'll continue to watch. Um, so uh, they made a movie about it, kind of. Mm. So it's obviously much more satirical. Uh, starring Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell in the lead role. Will Ferrell plays a character, Lars, Eric Song. Song, Eric Song. Rachel McAdams plays a character, uh, Secret. Pierce Brosnan is in it as old Pierce Brosnan. Like the same character from The World's End, uh, the uh, Simon Pegg movie, basically, just with a different accent. Dan Stevens, one I mean, of KGX, aging, my favorite actors. He's
4: aging like a fine wine, too. Is.
0: <laughs> so two, two
4: people
2: in this movie looking... He does.
4: Looks uh. fucking
0: great. Uh, Demi Lovato's in it for a little while. Uh, Graham Norton makes an appearance. Graham Norton, love him. Probably the best celebrity interview there is. Oh, I think like hands down, easily number one. Maybe there's like room for someone else, but to me, he's the goat. He's the best celebrity interview out there. Any
4: interview clips you find on YouTube that are actually interesting are usually typically from the show.
0: Always. I mean, Graham Norton can have three of the biggest names in the world and somehow find a way to talk about something that no one else would bring up and, and they mesh and it's, it's yeah. Graham Norton is, is the fucking king at that. Uh, this movie, it's interesting. I rewatched it. I I felt a little less enthusiastic about how much I, so I watched it after I watched the politics movie. So it was a nice breath of fresh air. I think it's, it, it comes down to this. When they're singing in this movie, I really enjoy it. I like anything in this movie that involves music. I think the music is for the most part all very catchy. It's enjoyable, it's fun. It's kind of what they tried to do with I want to say the third pitch perfect. What was the Pitch or they went to like USO the,
4: is a third one.
0: Yeah, but way better. In terms of the music, like it just it just vibed and they had a couple like montage songs. Like it was cool. I like that. Everything else I despised. I really? I hated the dialogue. I hated the interactions. The story in between killed me. And I think there was room for more music instead of actual going back and forth. Um, and I think it was kind of a mistake. I think it could have meshed a little more of making this more of a musical type thing as opposed to like Will Ferrell just delivering kind of just bad jokes. Like just, and Ken Jack, I'll let you talk about the thing that you mentioned us earlier. I won't take your thunder on that one. I get this movie- I, this this seems a little harsh i don't know cuz i enjoyed the music i'm going to give it a 59 because that's really how i felt about the i think the humor was outside songs was just bad
4: i don't think that's a bad score though
0: it's not uh, bad. it's not bad cuz i thought this was going to be a fucking like 20
3: mm-hmm, no, like i yeah. thought this
0: was going to be 20 or worse the music is i i really like the music i really enjoyed it i found myself rewinding once or twice too like i want to hear that again but everything in between was like was Cringeworthy at times. Um, I, I, and and it just like, I don't know it was bad improv, but I, I'll let Ken I'll let you go next because I want you to bring up the thing that probably bothered, bothered me the most that I know bothered you.
2: Yeah, it, it definitely bothered me. And I was able to suspend my disbelief for this, but the the. The fact that they're supposed to be the two characters, Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams in this, they're supposed to be the same age in this movie. Will Ferrell, 52, Rachel McAdams, 41. And that's like the age difference wouldn't be crazy if they didn't look so much different in age. They look 20 years apart because Rachel Adams looks so good, which is crazy. And also the fact that, um, what do you call, Pierce Brosnan is supposed to be Will Ferrell's dad. Pierce Brosnan is what, 15 years older than Will Ferrell, if that, and looks better than Will Ferrell.
0: Well, I, is, thought, no, I thought you were going to talk about the accents.
2: Oh, I am going to get there. That's okay, my second okay.
0: point. Okay. So that's, that's, that's my not, problem.
2: The age thing, I was able to totally suspend my disbelief for because it's comedy or whatever. But that's just something funny. I know it's at the top. The second part, the accents were some of the absolute worst things I've ever seen in my life. Not just from Farrell and McAdams and Brosnan because they were all terrible. I don't know what accent they were trying to do, but they kept slipping in and out of it throughout the movie. Right. They, were like, they would go into like that semi-sort of like Nordic accent and then just go back to English. like Just straight back to English throughout. And that's fine, but whatever. But every other character also had this weird generic European accent where, like, they weren't, like, local to wherever country they were. Like, the Greeks didn't have Greek accents. French didn't have French accents. Everyone just had this, like, generic, it's English, but sounds a little bit different accent. Like, almost Britishy, but not. Like, it was deranged. I couldn't figure that out. And that wouldn't be that big of a deal, but I think that that really hurt a lot of the comedy throughout this. And I agree. You nailed both my points, by the way, Jeff, in that I think this would have worked better if it was a more endearing musical and, like, more about the music. Because the music was legitimately great. Like, I love, like, the, the, the what do you call it? Like, the combined sing or song-off or whatever they called it. Right. Like, where they're all singing share and Abba and all this shit. That was fucking awesome. That was a great scene. And I would have loved it if this was, like, a more earnest movie. But I think they tried to toe the line between being a comedy and being, like, a more, like, a, like I said before, like, a more earnest movie. And I think by half-assing both, they kind of failed at both. And they like, should have whole-assed one way. What, what do you score it?
0: I scored a 67. Okay. So my, here's my thing. Eurovision in general is, can be funny because it is so extravagant and over-the-top. And, what, like, think about Step Brothers, for example. When he sings in Step Brothers, It's funny but it's serious and that's like you can be funny in this movie without making a mockery of like of every perform like they just went I think a step too far in each one like the main performance like I get like the hamster reel bit is like that's kind of the big joke there but I don't like it's it overplayed what I thought was funny because it was like a it was a good performance and it was enjoyable but also funny at the same time which is again that goes back to like Step Brothers. like it just felt like they, they they took everything one step too far. And the accents thing, it's, that's the other thing is that like, I can, like, we love Death of Stone. It's like, if there's any comedy we've talked about more than, than that, there's no, let me rephrase that. There's no comedy we've talked about more, I think, that we've reviewed since we started this podcast than Death of Stone. And the way they handle accents in that movie kind of makes it funny. It's not really a dress, they just don't have accents. They have their normal accents. And if this one, if they like slipped in and out of accents and shit, that'd be funny. But it's like, the jokes kind of play off that and it, it just, it's overplaying their hand on so many things that it just kind of derails what could have been really good. And I don't even know. And we'll take, we have an audience question about Will Ferrell. I'm not even sure that it was the fact that Will Ferrell was in it. I just think it was like one thing too much on each joke and each bit. They tried to play out. True. Uh, give me, give me your thoughts.
4: I didn't think this was a funny movie, but I liked it a lot. It it, it was, um, yeah. It, it felt like a vibe movie. <laughs> It it, it, it it was a good vibe movie. It was just a very good vibe of a movie. I give it a 65 because it, the, the comedy for me, I think was based around like the quirkiness of Nordic people, specifically Icelandic people. And I think maybe some of the dialogue came from that because, you know, I mean, they're, they're speaking English, but it, you know, it's like really a natural phrasing and thing. I think that's where we were supposed to find the humor. I didn't really think that was all that funny. I mean, some of the other jokes, you know, nothing got like a huge laugh from me, but like what it lacked in like actual funniness. I I did think that there was a lot of charm, even, even though like, you know, Rachel McAdams looks 25 and Will Ferrell looks 60. Um, I mean, that's probably too mean, but like 50. Um, I thought there was a lot of charm between their two characters and I thought this movie had a lot of heart and it made me feel really good when I was watching it. And the, I thought the music was great. I loved the song at the end. I love the Husevich song. Um, I think I could probably listen to that on my own. And I just went away from it feeling really good, even though like it, it wasn't hilarious. Um, I liked the characters enough for me to kind of just enjoy it as just like this quirky, I mean, romantic comedy almost.
2: Like not even comedy, just rom, rom something. I, I would think I would have enjoyed this more just as a general story. Just and I'm kind of mad that they try to in, inject so much comedy into this because that comedy failed and it, it kind of detracted from what I think was a pretty entertaining story, right? And again, the music in this is so good. And like I agree with you, too. The last, the Husefx song, I think the song, uh, the song off, and the Dan Stevens songs, which Dan Stevens, by the way, in this movie, sex pot, absolute <laughs> sex pot amazing he's the only one that attempted an accent and actually succeeded and he also just was singing tremendously i'm assuming that was his real voice because he has the pipes
4: and and i i thought that yeah and i i thought the 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 russian i mean i that that whole that was really one of the only jokes that really landed for me was yes. how how animalistic his sexuality was because i think a lot of it's based off of i think a lot of it's you know based off of like european stereotypes to some extent And I do like how they cut the British out of this movie, like just pretty Mm -hmm. quickly by saying nobody likes the British because we have too many movies with British people in it. So I do appreciate how like it, it focused on other European countries but a lot of the humor is based around that. I thought that was something that actually did land because, like, his love being compared to like a lion or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that would be like that. That sounds like like that sounds Russian to
2: me. I don't know. I've never been there. This is like that Vanga Boys Euro pop shit, which I adore. I like you. You are you a Vanga Boys guy, troll? N- no, the Vanga Bus is coming. Like the well, I, know, it, I know song? I know song.
4: I know what that is, but I I don't know like if I'm a Vanga
2: Vanga Boys guy. I'm a Vanga Boy. I like Vink Boys, uh,
4: I but... Know, but I don't know if I've heard any
2: other songs other than doo do, doo it's so catchy though isn't it? That's what I'm saying. I, I, but I love that sort of shit, and I think that they did I agree with you. they captured that weird European stuff well, and they weren't too sticky about it, right? Like yeah. I think they were able to satire it without going
0: overboard I, I, I just I, I want I would love to know how this like came about. like what is the purpose here? Like was it to make it this a musical thing? Or was it to make it a comedy with music in it? Because it's in this weird in-between, and that's kind of why it doesn't really work. Like, it works in some respects because the music is good. But, like, I think it doesn't know what it wants to be because so much of the music is well done, and they derail it with bad humor. And I think that's it. Like, if I were to say, like, if I were to say, give me me two words, I would say identity crisis. Like, it it just doesn't know what it is. I got I, I got up off the couch and I
2: said I can't figure out the vibe for this movie. That was <laughs> a, my that was like my one sentence review for it. I was like I I just couldn't catch a vibe because they tried so hard in two different directions. It, it was just good vibes though. Like
4: I loved I loved the the Icelandic setting and everything. Like it made me feel really good. It's just like like fi beats to study to the movie. <laughs> I love that um, playlist. It, but I, I was also trying to figure out like who, who you know Will Farrell wrote this. And then I, I like I was kind of researching, and I, I guess his wife, who he's been married to for the last twenty years, is Swedish. So part of me is just like wondering if, like you know, this Nordic obsession with like Eurovision and then ABBA derived success from the Eurovision contest, like if this is something he's got into via that and became like a real passion of his, and thought it would be like a you know a, a cool story to tell. Because I agree, like I, I think it's something I've always known of, but I haven't really done my research on it
2: Mm -hmm. i agree with you that the energy overall was very upbeat and positive and like kinetic which is cool like that's that's i think is awesome i just i I think you can make a movie that's like it doesn't you can't stuff into a box or anything and it it manages across genres and all that that's totally fine i just think they failed here and it very clearly to me was trying to go in two separate directions and i don't think that they succeeded completely in either one of those directions which is my issue
4: my perspective is a little bit different because this movie is a tremendous success for me because I give it a 65, nice. but I, w- I was like originally expecting it. Let I me mean, go back to the episode where I first heard about him. Like, this sounds like shit. So yeah. like, I understand, like, I think you're talking about failed in terms of like, there was more potential that they didn't put the tap on where they could have. And I agree with you there. I think for what this was versus like what I expected out of it, it, like it was a lot better than I thought it had. This is what I always say. Any right to be
0: right. You know? Right. I, I, I agree with that completely. It's yeah, I guess if I give it a 59, it it smashed my expectations. It's just, man, like I think that's the bummer is that there's so much good music here and that's, that should be the key to a very successful movie that centers around this subject matter, which is incredibly intriguing and interesting. And there's so much there that can make it funny Without making it slapstick and stupid on purpose, I think that was kind of my my disappointment there. I, th- I think it, like a more nuanced way, and I know they're capable of it. I know Will Ferrell's capable of it. Could have been better. But here's a uh, uh, here's a question we got. Um, this would have been so much better with someone not acting like a man. Ch- the Smokin' Tweet is the name here. Uh, like a man-child replacing Will Ferrell. Who would you have picked to replace Will Ferrell if you could replace Will Ferrell in this movie? Hmm. I. I would have thought,
4: I mean, I would have thought it would have been funny if it was Gosling.
0: That's what that's what a we'll couple of the answers said. Yeah, you know, I
4: mean, I mean, just kind of, I mean, the obvious answer for that is one because it's a, a reunion. To I think, like, I, I, the Notebook, I think broke Gosling out like mainstream. I think Rachel McAdams was already there because of Mean Girls, but there were code leads in this movie, so it took him to a different place so it would have been it would have been kind of neat you know almost 20 years later to have them you know reconnect on something this silly um, so that, i mean that's my that's my first instance
2: oh man but, john well, ham the ham man <laughs> i would have loved him in this bleach's hair blonde, it would have been hysterical
0: that would have been very funny yeah but see that's see see that's the thing though like will Ferrell looking like that is funny enough and like you can have the character be kind of like 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 a dumbass it works but like it's it's just the like you like reaching the joke and then stepping a little too far. That's kind of what did it for everything. Because again, if John Hamm was in this and he had bleach blonde hair and he he had these songs that were great, like that is funny if it's good. It's funny by itself.
2: Mm-hmm. Some things just don't need to be said to explain it. You know. Yeah,
4: uh, it's just you know what what like for example of like what I didn't think landed all that well is i like even the opening with the volcano god or whatever it was like I, I don't i didn't find that particularly funny um like i know it's supposed to be like you know an outlandish portrayal of like i think what americans perceive nordic pop music to be which is just kind of like upbeat pop beats with some some lyrics that you know don't really make that much sense but i think they also like they also fused it with death metal or black metal or like Nordic death metal to like come up with the whole God thing. I, I, I don't know. Like I, that, that just felt like too much, like it, maybe it's like really like that, but it's just like too much to say, Hey, this is like, this is where we are. This is a setting for this movie. But what, like what I thought did actually work was like once you got into the competition and started seeing like some of the personalities play off each other and you got to see like, you know that like the the you know maybe like what you consider to be cultural differences between like you know the, the dialogue for some of the european countries but that was like a little more i don't know, like my speed of this movie because it wasn't really funny but it was charming and and i wasn't looking
2: for like laughs at that point i wonder what my expectations would have been if we hadn't seen Holmes and watson last year because Holmes and watson was such a tremendous heaping pile of shit And, like, most of Will Ferrell's work over the... I think we we talked about this, what, two episodes ago or or whatever. But Ferrell's work over the... Ferrell, that is... Will Ferrell's work over the last, like, three-ish years has just not been great. I think that definitely tempered our expectation is down a little bit. Maybe that played in its favor, right? Because we went into such lowered expectations.
4: Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. One, I think you're right. I think also... I mean, also, like, when you see... Like, when I saw this originally, I thought it was going to be some, like, overly... And that's the thing, is, like, I would rather get what we got, which is, like, a charming movie that maybe it wasn't all that funny than, like, a movie that just went overboard with, mm-hmm. you know, like, the st- stupid shit. Like, stupid shit-type jokes, like Club Vandersex from, like, Eurotrip <laughs> or, like, whatever. I don't know, like, what they would do, but it it, it seemed... It seemed to go the opposite of my expectations. Like I thought, I thought it was going to be like Eurovision. Everything was going to be just unbelievably like stupid. But it was. There were some moments of that, like with the hamster wheel. But mm-hmm. other than that, I thought it was like a.
2: I thought it was relatively grounding and also like pretty charming. It,
4: and most of that, by the way, is because of Rachel McAdams.
2: Yeah, and I think Dan Stevens. For me, I think Dan Stevens is the best part of the movie. But I, I also think it reminded me a little bit of Zoolander, with the exception of instead of him being a has been, it's him trying to break into the industry, right. Yeah, uh, I mean,
4: I'm trying to think, like, because I almost feel like you can put. I think we've had this discussion before, but I think like there's like three buckets you can put Will Ferrell's characters into. I think there's Mm -hmm. like outlandish guy like Ron Burgundy, then I think there's idiot like um, like, Dale uh, or or, no Ricky Ricky Bobby or. who like Ron Burgundy could either be idiot, but I'm thinking of like even even bigger idiot, and then the last one I think is like guy who means well, and like I think like the other guys would fall into that, like maybe Step Brothers, like you're saying, would be old school stupid. maybe, yeah, old school, like, and I think guy who means well, typically, like that's what I like out of Wolf Ferrell, like when I go back and think about like. Like, yeah, like Anchor Man was funny at this point, but I thought like Step Brothers was a mixture of the stupid guy and guy who means well. I thought Other Guys was a guy who means well. I thought this was a guy who means well. And I think when Will Ferrell does that character, like, and he tones it down a little bit, like, it's fine. I don't know where you'd put Ashley Schaefer. Like, I think he's outlandish. I think there's <laughs> yeah. like a spectrum of like where you put those characters onto. But, you know, like, when Will Ferrell goes into his bag, I, you know, I think we kind of know he's going to pull something out that we've seen before. The, the difference is, is it going to work in the execution? I mm-hmm. thought it did here. Um, but it also, like, it could have been funnier, but I don't know what they would have done. It just, it wasn't funny for me, but it was, it was like, an entertaining movie.
0: <laughs> Again, it's, like, it's funny. We talked negative about it, but I thought this would be such a farther... I mean, I I preferred this over the politics movie. So, well, I, I releases. Mean,
4: when I thought about it, like... I, I thought it would be, like... I, I think you, like, left when we were just talking, like, to Ken Jack. Like, I thought they were going to go the other way, like, the Holmes and Watson type direction, just make yeah. it overly stupid and, like, also, like, overly sexualized. Like, there's some sexual innuendo and jokes in this movie. Um But, like, you know, I thought, like, it was going to be like Eurovision, right? And they are going to do, like, you know, have like the Italian guy come out. Yeah. Like just like overly sexualize it and just go like, like one way with the stereotypes. And like, I think, I think the European stereotypes can be funny as long as they're more subtle when they're just, you know, Euro
2: trip 20 years later, maybe not. Yeah. We didn't get that. That's fine. I thought this was going to be like Balls of Fury or something. That was my expectation sort of after seeing the trailer. But, again, blew
0: those expectations balls away. Of balls of Fury. Oh, my God. What a God. picture. <laughs> what a picture. Um. All right. Audience gives the movie a 51. So they hated it more than we did. 51, 59, and then you guys gave it a 65 and a 67? hmm Divided by four? That's a 60.5. Not butter. But a lot harder than I thought it would be.
4: Mm-hmm. It's fine. It could have been a yeah. Could have been a lot worse.
0: All right, let's do a draft. Let's do a draft. Uh, Favorite or best, we'll say, fuck it, best, whatever. I don't give a shit, Mm -hmm. it's a draft. Best movie themes. Audience gets first pick, then Ken Jack, then myself, then Trill, then it reverses.
2: Oh, fuck, no Star Wars for me.
0: Okay, so theme. Yeah, it's the first pick. Theme. (laughs) This doesn't mean, like, so it's got to be, like, the theme. So, so let's make a ruling. Imperial March, that doesn't count, right? It's not the theme song. No, bon- and what do we say about Bond theme? I say it's just the regular Bond, like the generic yeah, theme. Re-
2: you can't pick a Bond song; it's the okay. Bond
3: theme. Yep. All right, Chad to clear it up. Audience pick Star Wars, obvious pick off the top. Jack, first pick, round one. Um, I'm gonna go with
2: this is really hard actually, because I my number one I knew for sure, but now fuck number two floats. I think
3: I might get my, my number three on the right on the way back. Let's go, Indiana Jones. Going possible. to be. I knew this was going to happen. I just look. I
2: was just going through Williams and Hans Zimmer film. Uh, Where do you call it? Discography all day. Very possible.
3: Yeah, I gotta go. Jurassic Park. It's, which is there's
0: another Williams one I almost wanted to pick, but we, we got to stack it for the draft. So I think I'm gonna get my other one. Trill.
3: Um, I, I I'm gonna go. Does this count? I'm gonna go. Rocky. Yeah. Um, and then, very do I get the next pick? Yeah, you do, first pick mm-hmm. round two. Very simply, I'm going to go Jaws. That was the audience's next pick. So
0: you, you did take that from the audience. Okay, so you have Rocky and Jaws. Uh, I'm gonna go with the. A uh, lot of good options here. Uh, um,
3: I we just talked about this one. I feel like I want to. I'm gonna go with with uh, with with the Lord of the Rings. Fuck. to them or I'm like all right let me go back through. I'm like God you know what damn it. this is so fucking good and we are by the way
0: people have asked if we're going to, we are going to review those i just i don't know when i'd rather and I they're don't know. so long
2: man you got to watch the extended versions too they're so good we yeah.
0: we're going we are going to do the lord of the rings movies back to back to back not the fucking hobbit no definitely Fuck not the hobbit for we sure will not. do the original lord of the rings like it's probably pound for best trilogy of all time so we will we will do those at some point I just don't know mm-hmm. when. I want to find a way to do those and, like, have it be, like, a good, like, three straight episodes of, like, stacked stuff. Um, Ken Jack, who, Fuck, are, who man. you got? I, I screwed you there. I really thought I was going to get
2: two, these two back-to-back, but I guess I'm not. I'm going to go with um, – uh,
3: let's go Pirates of the Caribbean. it's like you hear
2: that music and you're revving to go
0: you're Fucking so the, the most good. used song for sports highlights been yeah it's, it's like a top five <laughs> sports highlights th- song. it's so
2: energetic man it gets your blood
0: boiling it's great yeah uh-huh um all right good pick
3: audience right back to uh right back to john williams of harry potter Man, I'm getting leached here. (laughs) They're killing you. They're killing you. Uh, And then in the next position, they're taking Mission Impossible. Oh, my God. This, these are so, – so we did this
0: before, and I think we had different picks, but when it – when well, I think we were a little more liberal with how we allowed, like, what types of themes. Yeah. When it's strict themes, it's tough because there's, there's – There's like only so many. There's so – well, they're, they're there, there are many, but there's, like, a very distinct group of, like, 15 or 20, and we only have 20 picks here, so. Oh, my God. Um, all right. I now you go further down your list.
2: Oh, fuck, man. My list is going to be dead. I'm going to start go- Googling through slideshows like Trill does every ranking. Do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not about that. Uh,
3: let's say um, I'm going to go with Braveheart. I love Braveheart's soundtrack. I don't care what anyone says. That's one of
2: the
0: best themes I've ever heard. Braveheart. That is a good pick. Braveheart
3: was was actually going to be my pick after this one. I got my next one. I'm taking the Avengers theme. Winner, but yeah, but
0: it is like, I mean, you know, with portals and Thor landing on Wakanda, that kind of like sealed the deal for them. Like that theme now kind of means something. Trill, you have uh, two in a
3: row here, last of round three, first of round four. I'm gonna take Terminator. the only consistently good thing throughout that entire franchise is oh. <laughs> that's music and then i'm gonna take halloween i don't know i don't think i have to do every one of them but <laughs> I yeah. Mean, you yeah i'll play the
0: song but i can leave that one in for you <laughs> <laughs> um
3: my next I'm going to go with uh, Tim Burton Batman That, that theme is, uh, they got to bring it back for all the Batmans. That's, that's the Batman theme to me. Ken Jack, round four. Um, I'm going to go with uh, The Incredibles. My list got fucked, dude. My list got fucked so bad by being leeched three times. Damn it, man. Okay, Incredibles. Incredibles, I like that. Toy Story is the audience's pick. ...going. They're going with... really hold interstellar on. really
0: let me just double check that I didn't write that instead of inception yeah it's
3: inter wow well, okay interstellar was the next mode maybe a reach the, the weird
2: thing about some of Han, Hans Zimmer's stuff is like it, it's not necessarily like it's a really catchy theme like a John Williams thing it's like an atmosphere builder right like it's not it's like bringing you into whatever it's lending so much to the scene right like I could listen to just regular and John Williams any day of the week with Hans Zimmer like Inception music like it, it zones you out
0: are you going to Inception with your pick last pick of the draft for you
2: <sighs> this is really
3: hard I'm between two picks right now but I'm gonna go with La La Land Uh, my last one's between Back to the Future, so I'm gonna take Back to the Future. T is the one I really wanted to pick. I didn't. I didn't pick E. I
0: ended up not picking E. T. But the E. T. theme is like. Like, the Oscars uses that for their themes. Is, Elliot. <laughs> Elliot. <laughs> uh, Elliot. Uh-huh. <laughs> Take off your pants. Be- oh, Beavis whoa. and Butthead E.T. Uh, <laughs>
3: Elliot. I'm going back to the future. Where's the plunger? <laughs> <He's
0: laughs> Drew last pick me. of the
3: draft. Wanted to play it here. Yeah. All right. So on the board still for me, at least. Name some if you maybe if I miss some. Them, Bond theme up. Uh, Nolan Batman would have been the audience. I'm surprised Trill didn't take it.
4: Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. That's like a song that was played in the movie. I don't consider it a theme.
0: That's fair. That's you fair got Rocky, list. Jaws, Terminator, Halloween, ET, Trill. I got Jurassic Park, Lord of the Rings, Avengers, Burton, Batman, Back to the Future, Ken Jack, Indiana Jones, Pirates, Braveheart, Incredibles, La La Land. Audience is very strong list. Star Wars, Harry Potter, Mission Impossible, Toy Story, Interstellar.
2: I think audience won this one.
0: Well, audience is very good. Toy Story Round 4 is a, is a steal. I mean, you've got a friend in me. Is
3: like... That's, uh, you could probably, you you could call that a top five team. You can make the argument. It's Randy Newman. Uh, we'll all be back.
0: Uh, it's on YouTube, Ice Barcelona YouTube, on Twitter, BarstoolSports.com. Make sure to check it out. If not, if you're listening to this after that, go to YouTube. You can rewatch it. Please, they're hilarious. I promise you. If you want extra content from us, that is the place to go. They are very funny. I hate saying that we are funny, but I, I truly think they're very funny. So um, that's it for Ken, Jack, Trill. I'm Jeff Lowe. We will talk to you on Sunday.
3: Never do we get the box office.